What is going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Search for Consciousness. Today, I am honored to speak to and to connect with Ben Winter. He is a coach. He runs a few websites. He has a business. He has a lot of books, and we're just going to learn a lot, so it's exciting to connect with him. So, Mr. Winter, let me welcome you on the show. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me. This is a pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I did a little bit of research on you. And I'm excited to connect. I've seen that you've done a lot of work in the self-improvement business, a lot of work with team building. Um, you're doing amazing things. And uh, I wanted to also congratulate you on the the book on Amazon. So thank you for that. It's amazing. So congrats. <laughs> thank you. So I know that you wrote a book, one of many, called What to Expect When Having Expectations. My main question to start off this discussion is, why aren't we always aware of our own expectations? It's a great question. So the biggest piece to that is that grow up kind of influences how we see the world. So if we grow up in a household where everybody's loving and caring and, you know, they, they, sh they share that love and they care about each other and uh, all of that sort of thing, you're going to go out into the world and assume that you need to be loving and caring to those around you, especially like your family. If you grow up in a household where you're constantly being put down, your parents are constantly yelling at other people, belittling them, being hatred or hateful, then you're going to kind of grow up thinking that you have to be hateful and, and mean to people around you. Um, so the way that we view the world really comes down to how we're raised and the society and the, the culture that we grew up in. Um, you know, you're you're in Brooklyn. So people out east, they're they're a lot more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're going to tell you how they're feeling. <laughs> you know, they're 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 not going to hold much back. I mean, that's kind of the typical East Coast thing is like, I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. And in other parts of the country, it's like pulling teeth to get people to tell you how they feel and, and what they think. And so that's really kind of where it comes down to is that we don't really know what our expectations are because they're just kind of in the background. They're subconscious. And it's not until they start going unmet and they start rising to the surface and we start getting upset about them going unmet that we start to really kind of become aware of them and say, hey, oh, I didn't know that I was upset about you not doing this or people around me not being nice because I grew up in a nice household. So why aren't you being nice to me? That like, now I'm, I'm up here upset, you know, that sort of thing. Um, or, you know, the opposite, somebody who grew up being hateful, they show up and people are being loving and caring to each other. And they're just like, no, this isn't right. You can't, you can't care about each other. That's not how the world works. And it just, it starts to freak them out because someone just doesn't want to be wrong. Um, mm. that it's, purpose is to keep you alive and forward and and it's it's just a thing it doesn't it doesn't think long so when the subconscious kicks in it's like this is what i know and this is what is and so it gets a little tricky as as we get older no i definitely appreciate you saying that because you know i'm looking through the information and i'm like oh this is great content and i myself as an up-and-coming entrepreneur, I have very high expectations for myself. So it's funny because as I accomplish these goals and I get to meet with people like yourself, 
I'm always thinking, what's the next? What's the next? And I have to kind of tell myself, no, brother, live in the present, appreciate where you're at, and don't let your own expectations make you unhappy. So I'm actually really excited to meet with you because I was hoping you could help me with that as well. So thank you for that answer. <laughs> yeah, so, and it, you know, there's nothing wrong with like what's next. Uh, there's definitely a thing about appreciating what you the moment. Um, but there are plenty of people in life that don't think about what's next either. And they're just, they're kind of boring life. All they do is they, they come home from work, they watch TV, they go to bed, do the same thing tomorrow. They have no goals or anything that they want to accomplish in life. So when you're saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing these things and I want more, that's fine. And as long as you're appreciating what you have now, that's going to be a lot easier. So um, it's it's when we start setting those unrealistic next steps that it becomes more painful because I always tell people, if, you, if the most you've made in a year is $50,000, do you think the following year you're going to be a millionaire? Probably not. That's a huge jump. And unless you come up with like the next app that everybody loves or, you know, you put out that thing that just everybody can't get enough of, you're not going to have that instant success. You got to build up to it, especially entrepreneurs. Um, so if, if it was 50,000 this year, maybe you get to 75,000 next year or a hundred thousand. Um, and then maybe in five years, you're finally starting to look at that, that mark. Um, but you, it, I'm not going to say you can't because people have done it. It's not likely that you're going from 50,000 to a million in a year. So the next step is fine. You just got to make sure it's reasonable. Well said, brother. And I'm trying to learn that along the way. I'm trying to appreciate every step. So I appreciate you for that. So my next question, that actually segues perfectly into the next question. What would you say, and I think you covered it with, with your first answer, but what would you say truly drives our expectations? Yeah, it. I did kind of cover that a little bit. It's, it is our subconscious that drives them. Um, now, this is the tricky part. There's the subconscious expectations, and then there's the conscious expectations. So, you know, if I'm sitting here and saying, I think it would be awesome if I had a new motorcycle, whatever. Um, you know, that's a conscious, like, I'm going to get a new a motorcycle next year. So that's the conscious thought. That's the conscious expectation. In a year from now, I'll have the new motorcycle. The subconscious is, you can't have a motorcycle, you'll die if you get on one. So the subconscious is going to fight me tooth and nail about getting that, that new motorcycle because a new motorcycle means death. And I, I can't have death. The subconscious is trying to keep me alive. Um, so what am I going to do over that next year? I'll probably end up sabotaging myself, mm. um, making it so I can't get the motorcycle for whatever reason it might be. Okay. Um, that's kind of what happens in, in our world. And that's a very simple example, but uh, relationships, you know, I, you know, I've been single. I want, I want a new girlfriend. Um, you know, I've, I've not been out dating. I'm going to go date. I'm going to find somebody and it's going to be great. And we're going to live happily ever after. And then you got your subconscious coming in and how you grew up. Maybe, you know, you're not worthy of love or you're not good enough for what you're looking for. You know, you, all these subconscious thoughts coming in and they want to be right. But you want to be right about getting your new girlfriend or whatever it might be. So you got this internal and the subconscious is always working conscious thought 
is a little bit more powerful, but you have to constantly work on it um, because the subconscious is there and it's doing its thing. So um, that's the that's the trick is kind of learning what our subconscious thoughts are, where they came from, and then really focusing a lot of effort on basically combating them if they're not serving you. So now maybe you grew up where, yeah, I totally am going to get the person of my dreams. It's easy. Then, yeah, you're going to go find your, your new girlfriend and it's going to be easy. But so that's kind of the, sometimes we have subconscious thoughts that really support us. And sometimes we don't, <laughs> it's just the nature of it. No. And I appreciate that. Cause you, you, you hint at really powerful ideas, self-sabotage, uh, not listening to the negative thoughts that we endorse within ourselves. It kind of reminds me of Mark. Uh, I think it's Mark Manson. He wrote the pop, something about not giving a fuck, the art of not giving a fuck, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And what he says is that we may want something, but similar to you, we fear it. So we don't actually go out and actualize it. So I appreciate you saying that. That was powerful. My next question to you, kind sir, is, and this is something I'm going to personally register and listen to often. How can we take a loss? How can we absorb something as a perceived failure? So there's different ways to, to take a failure. Uh, I personally always look for the lesson behind the failure. Uh, and as soon as you look for the lesson or the thing that you did gain, because maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but you did get something that helps out. Um, I'll take, I'll take my uh, marriage, for example. So it didn't work out. It, we got a divorce, but what did I gain as a result of being in that marriage? Well, I got a son out of it. I became an entrepreneur during that time. I learned improv during that time. There is so much that I gained during that, but it would be so stupid of me to be angry with the fact that it failed as a marriage it doesn't make sense i can be appreciative of what i did gain out of it and that is ultimately i think the best way to take a, a failure because then it doesn't become a failure it becomes a learned experience um the other piece is is an opportunity to look and see what did I do or not do in that relationship to make it fail? Or what did I do or not do to meet my goal? Um, you know, maybe it's like I had a goal of be being in the NFL, you know, and then you get to college and you, you don't even make the varsity team or whatever it is. Then you can kind of take a step back and say, well, what didn't I do? Or what did I do? And what could I have done more? And is there still time to fix this? Or, do I just need to apply this to the next big goal in my life? You know, um, I don't think people realize how much people practice to become a pro in any sport. I mean, they're, they're the ones that they don't come home and play video games. They come home or they go straight to like the batting cage and they, they swing at a thousand balls every day. Um, or they throw a thousand balls every day, you know, f football players, they're, they're out practicing, they're throwing, catching, kicking, running. I mean, they're conditioning. There's so much involved. Just like anything else in life, though, if you want to be better mentally uh, about whatever it is you're doing, you've got to educate yourself. Not, I'm not saying, like, go to school. That, that helps. 
But if you want to know more about something, you've got to go research it. You've got to go look at it. You've got to go experiment and play and, and do all the learning. You know, Im- improv is not one of those things that's from school unless you go into the drama department or with that. So if you want to learn improv, you've got to go take classes. You've got to go watch shows. You've got to go see it. In a, and then ultimately, you got to get up on stage and try it. And that's the best way to learn something is, is going up and doing it. Um, and so failure is just an opportunity to, to reflect and look back and learn from. And the, the sad thing is, if you don't, if you choose not to learn from a mistake and, and you call it a failure, you're just going to repeat it until you learn it. <laughs> Plain and simple. No, I appreciate that. Hey, I'm okay with simple. Simple's good. I've gotten um, really out there with some of my episodes and it's good to come back and be practical and grounded sometimes. I think we need that um, that range, right? So thank you for that. I know that you've written books on business, communication. So I wanted to know if we could borrow some of your wisdom. How can your books help us communicate better, specifically in business? Okay, specifically in business. Communication is... As, as it's been told to me, communication is the response you get. Mm. Okay, you can say something all day long, but the response you receive is ultimately what you communicated. Uh, and that's that's a tough one to to stomach sometimes because if you're if you're trying to get somebody to buy your uh, widget or you're trying to get a VC to you know fund your project, um, VC is venture capitalist for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, they're like, what's a VC? Um, you want somebody to fund your project and they're like, yeah, your project or your, your idea is stupid, but it was in fact the next billion dollar idea. Then the communication that you just provided in that uh, opportunity was you didn't convey the value. You didn't communicate the value and they're not interested. It, it may very well be the next big thing. Uh, and you just didn't communicate well. Uh, communication really, a lot of it has to come with one of the rules of improv is being specific. And that is also about setting expectations. Um, you know, if we walk in and say, you know, I have this great widget, next big thing. Okay. That doesn't really provide much information, but I have the next big widget. Uh, this is the problem that it solves, how quickly it can go to market, specific, 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 specific. I can't say it more than three times. <laughs> Um, but it, it starts to become a living, tangible thing. And, and you walk through it at that point and people can understand this is the thing that you're trying to get funding for. Um, you know, you set those specifics of like, I have done the research and this is going to require a hundred million dollars to get off the ground. Mm. Um, like the first year, 30 million the next year and what so on and so forth. Um, but it's going to take five years before we see profit. And this is, this is why I see that and so on and so forth. And I mean, honestly, if you can throw 20 million at something, it shouldn't take five years, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, it's, but you have to communicate, you have to share your specifics. You have to share your wants, your needs, your desires. That is basically sharing expectations. The other side of that, you have to understand the other person's expectations at the same time. Um, because everybody has expectations. So to think the expectations are the most important in the room, 
doesn't take into account the other person's expectations. And then at some point you have to actually discuss those and come to common ground. That's what, what I'm pretty sure they call that negotiation. Uh, when you both actually have your expectations put out, you both find the ground, you both are happy with where you're going. And sometimes you don't find that. And that, that's when it's like, okay, we're not, we're not doing this. It's not happening. Uh, and so in business, it's really just, I mean, another example would be like an employer. Employee. The employee is like, I want to raise. And the employer is like, why do you want to raise? It's like, well, I've been here for five years. Well, that's not good enough. Um, you know, I want to raise because I'm more productive than everybody else in the department. And you just hired somebody who happens to be starting out. And I've been here for years and they're already making more than me. Like, what's that about? You know, how can we increase my, my pay? Um, not that it needs to be that con confrontative, but, uh, but you see, you just have to have that conversation. You have to, you have to get specifics. You have to understand the expectations of the boss too. Like, obviously they know your expectation is I want to raise, but what is their expectation to get that raise? Maybe you, mm -hmm. maybe you haven't been doing something in that five years that they wanted to see before giving you that raise. And now that you've started this conversation, maybe they're going to finally tell you what that thing is. Um, now they could have told you all this time, uh, but maybe they didn't recognize what it was until you started to talk about it. So, you know, everybody's responsible for communication. It's not a one you both have to share and somebody has to start. And I, I always like start with questions because if you just confront somebody and tell them what it is, and you just, you're starting to like push them in a certain direction, they're going to get defensive. But and say, hey, boss, I was, I was just thinking, it's been five years. Um, I kind of want to get a raise that's outside of the yearly normal increase that we get. You know, what do you need for me to get there? Mm. And the boss may be like, oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot that you've been here for five years. Let me go put in the paperwork. You're fine. Or be like, well, you kind of have been late a lot. So maybe show up on time for six months and then we'll talk about it. Um, they're sharing their expectation. You're sharing yours. You got to either you're going to agree to that or you're going to say, no, I, I prefer being late and I'll keep the pay where it is. You know, are we good? <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Um, but that's, that's how it comes down. You just got to start talking and asking questions and, and sharing thoughts. I like that because often, well, I could speak for myself. We think as communication as what I need, what I need addressed, and we leave it at that. But I like how you are including both sides of the equation, the receiver and the speaker, and, and clarifying those expectations so that you're both talking from a foundation that actually makes sense, right? And then yeah. it... and, and you hit it is that it's not a one-way street. Everybody wants things. Everybody has expectations. To think that your expectations and your wants are bigger, better, more... Like they just, they have to be taken care of despite the other person. Welcome to the world we're living in. <laughs> you know, it's like, walk into stores and they're like, I'm the only person that matters in the store right now. Uh, sorry, you're not the only person that matters in the store. There's a thousand people in the store. You're one one thousandth of the, like, get over yourself. You're not the most important person in here. Um, even the CEO of a company. They're nothing without everybody below them in that company. 
you know, Jeff Bezos would not be as rich as he is if he didn't have the 60 million, I don't know how many employees he has, those employees doing all the work, he would be worth it. Because he can't fill all the, he can't code all the code. And, you know, we give him crap because he's the richest person on the planet, but, and, you know, like, why aren't you spreading the wealth? Well, you know, he's in, in a way, by employing as many people as he does, there's there's a lot of money that because of his creation, there's a lot of people that are able to feed their families. Yeah. He could definitely give a lot of money away and do a lot more good on this planet. I wholeheartedly agree with that, but um, that's his choice. That's the, that's the world we live in a capitalist society. He can do what he wants with his money. Um, that, that is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like even he isn't the, most in person in the room there's other people involved yes sir i know that's a good point because i think in pursuit of our goals we kind of blur out reality and we only think about me 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 and i think to get to the elite levels or, or the levels that a lot of us want to get to we have to provide value right for for multiple people not just this one-sided street so now I want to segue into success improv. Like I wanted to know what you guys offer, what can we learn from you and and your your services. Yeah, so success improv is my team building company, and that's where we teach the rules and techniques of improv and how they relate to basically a team in business or a group of individuals. And the one thing that I always tell people is we live a life of improv. You know, we wake up in the morning, there's no script next to our bed for the day. Even if there was, we couldn't memorize the entire day. And there's no chance that everybody would stay on script the whole day. Uh, that's just asking too much of everyone. So we live a life of improv. We're making it up as we go. And what I didn't know, and what most people don't know, when they first watch improv, they just think everybody on stage is this brilliant thinker and they're fast on their feet and all this other stuff. They're actually just following a very simple set of rules. And if everybody on that stage is following us, those same rules, it just works really, really well. So those same rules apply in, in, in any group or any individual, really. So if you're able to follow rules of improv and you just happen to be in a team where everybody's following the rules of improv, then it just works and communication is more freeing and everybody cares more about each other because it's in it's something that i've noticed when in my improv troupe is we all know the rules of improv we could not see each other for months get up on stage and we're going to be a success because we all know the rules of improv we know trust each other in that capacity so that's what success improv does we go out and we we teach that to groups and companies and and we just make it a better work environment and more productive and a, a more fun place to, to work. So that's what we're about. That is everything you said is interesting, but that really <laughs> blows my mind. Right. Because what I hear you saying and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're applying play scripting, playwriting concepts into a business and it's. It's interesting because at the end of the day, that's what a business is. It's a group of people trying to work together to get a goal. So yeah. I've never heard of anyone do that. So that's really cool. So let me just uh, 
acknowledge you for that. That that is cool. Can we? <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, sir. Can I quickly ask another random question? Can I improv a question? Of course. <laughs> Would you be willing to share with us some of the secrets of improv? Like, is that cool? Can we learn those? Of course. So, uh, most people who have heard of improv, usually the only one they know uh, off the top of their head is yes and. Common rules of improv. And what that equates to is accepting what is at the moment and then doing something about it. Hmm. Where it's the yes and. Yes, this is happening. And what can I do? So if we go back to... Um, you know, the failures, because we were talking about those. So if we go back to the failures, then there's the, the yes, marriage failed. And I can either be sad about it and do nothing different in my life, or I can learn about what did work, what didn't work, and what I want differently in the next relationship. Um, and that's that's kind of what improv is. When we, If you look at stage improv, the best example I can use is, you know, two guys walk out on stage and one says, hi, mom, how are you? Okay. The other person who didn't say anything yet was just told that they're the mom. Even if they're clearly a guy, they're, they now have to say, yes, I'm mom. And I have to do something with that to get us moving forward. And so if they say, don't hi, mom, me, you spilled paint in the garage. I'm unhappy with you. Right. Now we can see where that scene go there's drama there's action you're like oh why how come they spilled paint what were they doing in the garage like there's so much to work with in just those two lines of dialogue now if the two guys walk on stage and one says hey mom how are you and the other guys don't call me mom i'm not your mom like i'm your brother why why would you think i'm your mom like first of all the the actor who walked out and said hi mom how are you is thrown completely off they don't even know what to do they don't know how to respond there's and the other person just kind of screwed the reality up for everybody who's watching, including the, the two actors on stage. In the world today, you know, let's take pandemic, for example. You walk into a store, there's a mask mandate, you're supposed to put on a mask. Okay, yes, I put on a mask, and now I'm shopping. But so many times we see those videos of people walk in, I wear a mask. I can give you 60 reasons that I read off the internet on why I don't have to wear a mask. I'm going to put up a big hissy fit and I'm going to get videotaped and I'm going to be putting, and people are going to put this on YouTube and I'm going to be bitching, complaining and moaning about this for about the next 20 minutes. And in that time, I probably could have finished my shopping and left the store had I just put on the mask, but no, I feel like I need to actually like fight this. So it's not accepting that there's a mask mandate. And then it's like, so they're kind of doing the opposite, which is like the no, but, no, there's no mask mandate, or I'm exempt, and I'm going to fight you, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it's, you know, that's a real-world example. We've seen videos of it. And so that person's getting nothing in life. They're not accomplishing anything. They're angry. They're, they're not at peace with the world. Whereas the other person, mask on, shop, 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 go home, done. It really didn't, it, it caused them no problems whatsoever. Um, maybe their ears hurt. I don't know, but it is what it is. It's done because they accepted that that's what's happening and they went on with their life. Um, any failure, anytime somebody has something they want to fix, you know, anybody with an addiction or a, 
something like that, where they go and seek counseling, I guarantee you the first thing they have to do is admit they have a problem. Because until you admit there's a problem, you cannot move forward. You know, somebody who wants to be rich, but they're spending $5 on coffee when they have $0 in their account, guess what? They're not going to be rich. In fact, they just went into debt. That's the opposite of rich. Um, and so until you accept, like, yeah, I'm only making 50000 a year. I'm not going to make a, a million next year unless I come up with the next big widget or whatever it is. Um, this is where I am, and what's my next step? Um, I'm not – I don't have money in my bank account, so what do I need to do to keep money in my bank account? Do I need to increase my income? Do I need to decrease my spending? Maybe both of those, whatever it might be. And so, so yes, and applies to everything in our lives because until we accept where we are, point B matter because we don't even know which, which direction to point if we don't know our point A. So that's, that's the biggest of improv um, and probably the one that most people know about. So if you can start there and just accept what is in front of you at the very moment, then you can do something different in your life. Yes, sir. Which is exactly, it's exactly the expectations. You're okay. I'm upset. And you know, I, I create a chart about it. And so you're upset. As soon as you accept that you're upset, you can go through the flow chart. You can figure out what's going on. You can ask yourself, did I know what that expectation was? But if you're not willing to admit that you're upset, you can't move forward. So, the expectation thing is just another example of the yes and in action. That was brilliant. Like that yes and is the most zen thing. I would say that that is probably one of the most zen things I've heard recently because it really is. It's zen is about being in the moment, right? Not resisting. So that's where the yes piece comes in. Now, the and piece is what can I do with this narrative? Yes and. I've heard of a monk and he used to say his response to everything was, is that so? It reminds me of the yes and. It's like, is that so? <laughs> oh, the building's burning. Is that so? You lost somebody. Oh, is that so? So it's an interesting way to process life, the yes and. So I will be borrowing that and using that as often as possible in my life. My brother, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you kind of like a quick one about improving self-esteem if you could just give us some tips how to maybe boost our own confidence the best thing that i ever did for myself in that department was hands down learning improv mm. and i don't necessarily think people need to go and take like a class and get up on stage and do improv in front of a group. I think it's more educating yourself on what improv is and the rules of improv. And there's tons of books out there. If it's not my book, um, you know, mine is called living unscripted, but if it's not mine, there's a ton of them out there. And I think just knowing that it exists, these rules of improv and how they apply to life, you're going to see the day differently. You're going to see interactions differently you're going to respond differently. And once you can do that, you're going to be a little bit more at peace. You're going to be happier with the world around you. And that ultimately breeds self-confidence. I love that. I love that. Go learn improv. Yeah, like you, you made me want to uh, possibly take a class. I'm definitely picking up your book. So <laughs> before I wrap it up, I do want to ask 
how we can find you, how we can get in contact with you. I know you're on YouTube. I know you got the websites. So what's the best way to reach you if anyone wants to build with you and just learn from you? Yeah, so there's two different websites. The first one is, and you said you said it earlier, successimprov.com, and that's the team building company. And then for the other book, or actually all the books are on there, is havingexpectations.com. So between those, find me, you'll find information about me. You'll get phone numbers, emails, whatever. We'll, we'll be in, in contact. Cool. Very cool. Can I sneak in one more question? I just have to know this. Yeah. All right. My apologies. I'm being I'm improvising. So my last question, because I think you have something's telling me you got some some brilliance to add to this question. What would you say to an 18 year old young person that is struggling in life and has no idea where to go next? Like a message of hope or something like that. What, what can we do for someone that feels stuck? All right. Uh, screw what everybody told you. <laughs> uh, you know, to speak your language, just who cares what they've told you? Mm-hmm. You want. Um, I, I definitely think kids these days have so much pressure on what they are supposed to do, where they're supposed to go, what their, what their life is supposed to be as they grow up, and it's not our place. Especially by the time they're eighteen, if if they don't, if they don't know what they want, fine. Let them explore, go out in the world and find it because there are things I didn't know existed until I was an entrepreneur, uh, which I started 11 years ago. I didn't know certain businesses even existed or, or professions even existed until I was an entrepreneur. So to, to ask a teenager who's just getting out of high school, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? That's a dumb question. Either they know or they need to go explore the world and find out. Um, I am not going to be one of those guys that says, you need to go to college. Why? Because in that four years, they could apprentice somewhere uh, and then, I'm going to say, graduate apprenticeship or whatever that looks like for whatever service industry it is. And you'll be making out of that after that four years making money during that time but you'll be making more than most graduates out of college you know electricians they're people are desperate for electricians if you're 18 and you think electricity is cool go learn to be an electrician if you think plumbing is cool go be a plumber you know in four years you'll be making money and it only goes up from there especially as we get less and less people out there in the trades um but yeah, if you want to be a doctor, guess what? You got to go to college. There's no way around it. There's no no shortcut. You got to go do this one. So there are some things that if you know what you want to do, you, you know the path that you have to take. But if you don't know at 18, go explore your world. Uh, you know, I'll be the first to just, maybe not the first. I'll be one of those guys. Just go do it. Um, I kind of already said, you know, man, go explore the world. Go find out what it is that you like not what you think you're supposed to do because I was kind of raised with, I have to go to college. And then I was already into computers and everything. So I was like, okay, I go do computers because the money is, that's not a good motivation. You know, if you're just going for the money, it's not going to, it's not going to sustain you. Um, 
you know, unless you make a ton of it really fast and you retire and then you can go figure out what you actually want to do with your life. Um, but yeah, go figure it out. If you're 18, go figure it out. That, is solid. that was solid. Yeah. I like that. It's realistic. I think you've been incredible. I appreciate your knowledge, my brother. And I hope that we can continue to build. Um, any, yes. any last thoughts for the road? I always like to leave it with people knowing that it's okay to be upset. You know, we live in a world where nobody wants anybody to get upset. Uh, the trick is not to stay there. The trick is to recognize it for what it is. It's an opportunity to grow. Because when you're upset, you're coming up against an expectation you probably didn't know, you, which means you have something to explore and learn from. So go ahead and use those times in your life when you're upset and, and grow from them. Well said, my brother. Let me thank you from the Mindful Wizard family. Thank you guys for tuning in. That was my brother, Ben Winter, author of many books, pretty successful websites. Check them out. Have fun. Reach out to him. Learn from him. And let me just thank you again. Episodes dropping every Sunday at four. Stay blessed, beautiful people. Anchor.fm slash Mindful Wizard. Take care, guys. Love you.